How can you actually do and serve others in the world from a, a space of peace and compassion, right? And true tranquility. I totally get it. And I like to say that really everybody is an entrepreneur. If you're not an entrepreneur for business, you're an entrepreneur of your life, of your yes, body. You know, yes. we're, we have, we are creators of our own future and our own life management business. So- And welcome to Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I'll be your host. I have a question. Tell me what's at the top of your to-do list today. The answer should be you, Y-O-U. Do you ever feel anxious about the future or traumatized by your past to the point where it's affecting your everyday actions, relationships, and psyche? Well, guess what? You're not alone. In today's episode, I would love for you to meet Jessica Schiller-Silverman. She is a coach who is passionate about helping women find freedom in their creative passion without sacrificing money, time, or energy. She has a podcast called Alive, which stands for alignment of love plus inspiration plus vitality plus energy. And she just launched a program called Live Vibrant. It's an eight-week immersion towards finding more vibrance in your life, relationships, career, and well-being. Please welcome Jessica. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets, and I am very happy to have Jessica Schiller here. Hey, Jessica, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Lisa? Very good. Very good. We originally met, I believe, through PodFest, right? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, and I think you recognize that we're both Gators, so you reached out to me and you're like, hello, fellow Gator. We both graduated from University of Florida. Go Gators. Yeah. Yeah. And we are um, both actually in Florida, not in the same city, but still located in Florida. And today we are going to be talking to Jessica about protecting your energy and setting, protecting your energy and setting boundaries, especially on social media, which I love this topic. But before we get into it, just give us a little bit about your background and how you came about this topic, which is so topical and so necessary, especially right now. Yeah. So I'll rewind to where I started this business and this, everything that I do on a daily basis. So I spent 15 years in corporate finance, studied at the university of Florida, got my finance degree, uh, got my MBA a few years after that worked in corporate finance for 15 years. And the catalyst in that kind of aha moment that I knew when things really needed to change, it was around Christmas. And I remember it was seven years ago, I believe now, at the end of the year, I always get nostalgic around the end of the year. I had a two week break for Christmas, which most people say, wow, that's amazing. Your company gave you two weeks off. And it was a couple of days before I was about to go back that I had a massive panic attack. And my fiance, sorry, it wasn't even a fiance at that time, but my boyfriend at the time was now my husband was like, I just hate to see you like this. I was suffering from massive depression, anxiety, panic attacks almost on a daily basis to the point where I didn't even want to get out of bed every day. And we listened to podcasts actually on the way we were uh, commuting at that point to and from San Francisco. So it's about an hour on a good day, hour and a half commute one way. So three hours a day in the car, plenty of time to listen to podcasts. And I heard all these stories of people just living their life, doing things that they love, making money, doing it, really feeling passionate right? And feeling alive every single day. And I felt just completely dead inside. 
And, and it was just hearing those stories just gave me so much hope. And that's why I'm so passionate about speaking on podcasts. I have my own show now that I birthed a year ago in the pandemic. And so it started with my journey back to myself, back to understanding my own energy, to fueling myself, not only mentally to help myself through that anxiety and depression, right. But finding nourishing foods, right. Moving my body in a way that kind of complemented my energy and my soul as to what I needed in that moment, right. Really giving myself what I needed and losing. I was getting married at that time, got engaged kind of fast forward. And then I just started the journey toward wellness coaching and helping others and sharing my story really on social media is where I started seven years ago, how I was losing weight, how I was taking my life back. And really, how was I taking my power back? Because I gave that away to something that had so much pull over me, which is making six figures, right? I was making a six figure income, but I had nothing else. I moved to California to live the California lifestyle, right? California dreaming. And I was doing anything but that, right? Saturday was literally the only day I felt like I could enjoy my life. And then Sunday was running errands and grocery shopping and obligations. And I just said, I don't want my life to be like this. There has to be something more to the life that I'm living. And kind of fast forward to a few years later, I branded myself as a wellness coach. And I found all these women coming to me asking, how did you do this? Like, how did you birth your business? How did you get so influential on social media? How did you create multiple courses, masterminds, serve clients one-on-one, really with not even knowing what to do, right? In the beginning, like I didn't know anything. I did a coach training program. I didn't know the first thing about online marketing. I mean, I studied finance. I sat behind a computer. I didn't know what it was to really put myself out there. And so then I sort of morphed into serving entrepreneurs, right? And even spiritual entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that really feel a calling to a deeper purpose in their life. And so that's how this became sort of a blend, as I say in the beginning of my podcast, where wellness and business really come to life, where it's about finding your purpose, finding something that gets you out of bed every day, right? It's a Japanese concept called Ikigai. And that's not what I felt for 32, 33 years of my life to how I was able to take that back. How I was able to live, as I truly say, a vibrant life. I love that. And I can totally relate because I did something similar this year where I was having the, you know, I've owned an agency for about 20 years and having one of my best years in my career, profit wise, new business wise, scaling wise, like I, you know, everything was just like awesome. But it was one of those things where it didn't matter, like how much money I was making, how much I was like, okay, like I'm finally going to figure out how to be as profitable and, and as efficient as possible, which I did. And it still was not like what was serving me. I was still like super unhappy, super stressed. I felt like I could never disconnect from my clients, no matter how many people I put in between my clients and I, and I just realized how much I really, it wasn't serving me anymore, what I was doing. And I just kind of reached a point where I was like, okay, I need to shift my focus to what brings me joy and happiness and connect with exactly that. But it's a big step, you know, and a lot of people are, you know, it wasn't an easy step. It took me a good four months to like figure out what I needed to do. Like from the time I was like, okay, this is not something I can do anymore. I can't fake it. I can't be the actress. I can't like pretend like I can handle all this and I even want to. So how long I'm just interested because you, you know, you said you started listening to podcasts and you were 
commuting in San Francisco and now today it's six or seven years later, but when did you actually leave your job and say, okay, this is it? How was that? How did that happen? From the time that initial thought sparked my mind, honestly, I did it within like a month of kind of just yeah. go with my gut. Like it happened that Christmas. I should say not a month. Technically it was about February. So that, that company that I was working for, I quit. Mm -hmm. And it was busy season, you know, I was in accounting. So January, beginning of the year, up until really tax time, April is our busiest. And they were like, you can't leave us now. We really need your help. And I said, you know what? I'll stay on for a little bit in transition till you find someone else to take my place under one condition that I get to work part-time and I get to work from home because that commute was really just sucking my soul dry. And it's three hours a day that I didn't have time to grocery shop, move my body, right? Just do whatever I need to do for myself to feel good, right? To find that joy. And podcasting really did help that. But they did, they let me do that. And that was until February. So end of February, I get a phone call, never forget on a Friday, it was the last day of February. And the boss said, you know what, this this isn't working out, we really need you here in the office. Since you've already quit, you know, we're going to let you go. And of course, it was the last day that my health benefits were effective. So they did a clean break, And I had a little bit of a panic. I'm not going to lie when I heard that, but it's like on the same energetic wavelength, there was panic in my head and there was like extreme joy and excitement, like freedom. I'm free. Like I'm completely free from these chains of even though part-time and even at part-time, it was a great income for working a few days a week, making, you know, 60,000, but I was just completely free to do whatever it is that my heart desired. I never had that in my life before that. I think the lesson from that is that some people think there's no way out and the way that you did it. And I did it a similar way is that it was a transition. Like you just didn't cut it off. Like you could have just quit. That would not have served you and probably wouldn't have served the, whoever you were working for. And I did something similar where I gave my clients 30 or 60 days notice and I would help them transition, find a you know new team, new whatever. And, you know, I wasn't just cutting them off. So I, I feel like that's a good lesson for people listening that, you know, if you feel like you're in a no way out situation, that there is a mutual middle ground that will help kind of get you over that bridge. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not all or nothing, right? You don't have to quit your job and panic as to how you're going to even pay the rent. I mean, I was living in San Francisco, so it's very expensive rent, one of the most expensive in the country at the time. But I also should be honest in that even when I did leave that job, I found other sources of stable income that helped balance sort of the entrepreneurial unknown, right? Stability of that. So I had part-time jobs that, that fed my soul. You know, I did local talks in my neighborhood, paid talks. I worked at a winery with my husband because we were living out near wine country. So all things that really just, I always wanted to do, but never either had the time, right? Or thought I could do that. And I, and I did that part-time as a way to kind of supplement that unknown, because again, knowing that I'm susceptible to massive anxiety and panic attacks, I don't want to put myself in a situation that would compromise, again, the joy of being an entrepreneur, right? If you're constantly worried about how you're going to even pay your bills, right? How can you actually do and serve others in the world from a, a space of peace and compassion, right? And true tranquility. I totally get it. And I like to say that really everybody is an entrepreneur. If you're not an entrepreneur for business, you're an entrepreneur of your life, of your yes, body. You know, yes. we're, we have, we are creators of our own future and our own life management business. So what are some ways that, 
you can, you know, advice about protecting your energy and, and how, how can we tap into that? Yeah, I love that. And I wanted to talk about social media specifically, because I think even if you're not an entrepreneur, most of us use social media today, right? Whether for pleasure, whether to connect with old friends and family or as entrepreneurs, right? If we're running an online business, I think that's something the pandemic taught us is that we can survive online, right? We don't necessarily need, well, we do need that face-to-face connection, I think after a while, but, but we can make a living working from home, right? And that's something that I never had. I always worked at companies that shunned, right? Oh, you're not productive if you're not here in the office from this hour to this hour. And I think social media and just the world, how it's shifted. And I love kind of the shifts that have happened in the world since then towards a more online world. But conversely, that comes with some challenges, right? In terms of protecting ourselves, protecting our energy, protecting our peace, because at any given moment, and most people don't think this way, every single thing is an energetic pull at you. Every text message, every phone call, every notification, every time you click into your phone, and I actually have a setting on my iPhone that shows me about how long or how many hours a day I spend on my iPhone. And then there's kind of a graph as to where it is, right? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? It kind of compartmentalizes that. And so I think that first step is awareness. Like know how long you're spending on social media. Actually, this conversation my husband yesterday, it's like, oh, he's, he's challenged sometimes working from home. I want to go for walks. I want to do this. Because when I'm at my computer, like I'm working, I am not doing, I don't let the social media hype kind of get me in the way unless it's for a purpose, right? So to do everything with intention, and so I said to him, oh, he's like, oh, we don't have time to do this or that. And I said, you know what? How long do you spend on social media a day? Mm-hmm. Even if it's like five minutes at a time, add up all of those small intervals. I guarantee you, you'll find at least an hour a day. And then ask yourself, kind of like I did when I was in my corporate job, right? Those three hours of spending commuting. If I had an extra hour. What would I do with that time? And write that down. Because yeah. that's motivation. Like to me, if I am never having time to, just giving a silly example. I live here in Florida. We have a beautiful pool. I'm like, gosh, I never have time to sit at the pool, right? I'm busy. I have clients. I have courses. I'm on podcast interviews. I don't have time. But if I added up all the times, every time I picked up my phone and checked it, right? That's not only an interruption of energy, but it's an interruption of time. And one thing leads to another, right? It takes you down a rabbit hole. So as soon as you open Instagram, then you're like, oh, let me check my DMs. Oh, let's see what's on my feed. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll do a post, right? And there, 10 minutes can go by very quickly, if not longer. I don't know about you. Sometimes I get sucked in for 30, 30 minutes to an hour, right? And then it's an addiction. You go to Facebook, you go to different apps, you go to LinkedIn, you check your email. All of this is an exhaustion of time and energy, mostly from other sources, right? And you're not giving yourself time to replenish your own well, right? Your own energy, First step that I give is pick a platform, right? If you're an entrepreneur and that's where you want to spend your time, right? Pick one. Like I used to be on Facebook. That's where I started my entire business. I find the platform energetically draining now. Like it's just the joy is completely sucked out. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the content on there or just what's kind of going on energetically, the way the platform is laid out, how they're kind of forcing certain things to be front and center that maybe I'm not particularly interested in, Mm -hmm. but Instagram feels lighter to me. It's more about images. 
it's more about connection, right? It has a different feel. And so that's what I mean energetically, kind of protecting your energy is knowing which platform kind of speaks your language, right? What feels good to you. And all you have to do is log in and tune in, spend five minutes and see how, check in with your body, right? Do you feel tension? And I typically get at my neck and shoulders, right? What's going on in your mind, right? Are you feeling a state of peace and calm, right? Are you using that social media for relaxation at the end of the day? Or is it causing you to feel like you're missing out on something, right? Again, those feelings of lack. So really just picking a platform that feels most connected to you. Like another platform I use is Insight Timer. And I do that every morning most people don't think of it as a platform, but I meditate every morning with Insight Timer. And then there's people going live. Typically they're doing a tarot reading. I listened to a sound healing this morning. And the beautiful girl that did the sound healing said, I just love this platform because it has such a different energy. People go there specifically for the purpose of spiritually elevating themselves, right? Of finding calm, of meditating, right? Of finding peace and tranquility, right? Within themselves. And so that's probably different, right? Than a Facebook. So just pick a platform. I, I think that just feels good to you. most people don't think that because we're so addicted. Like these programs are actually designed for addiction. My husband, the other day, I asked him to check something and he opened like four other apps before he opened what it was that I asked, which was in Google Chrome. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, gosh, sorry. I'm so programmed. We all are like, I know it's like an addiction. It's like email, Facebook, Instagram, you know, there's certain things that are constantly open. And I think that is the first step is just kind of picking one and setting a time for yourself, right? Setting a timer, having that setting on your phone that you're aware of how long you're spending and giving yourself some motivation, right? To spend that time elsewhere, to give that time, right? And that power back to yourself. I mean, if you look at it like this, like all we have is our time and the industry that you were in, I'm sure you guys were working on billable time you know, and all, right. And so those three hours were that you were traveling, were not billable to anybody. You were, it's actually at at your expense, those billable, billable to you or take away from you. So if you look at it, like, you know, we have 12 hours of, let's just say billable time awake. Right. And where do we want to spend it? If we, you know, it's going to be, it's going to cost us something or we can gain something from it. Exactly. Hello. Oh, wait, is this thing on? Hi, it's Lisa Beyer. I just wanted to tell you really quick, I'm launching a course called Modern PR Secrets, and I wanted you to be the first to know. You can check it out at thebeyergroup.com under resources. Now let's get back to this interview. Right. It's so funny. I just wrote down this quote. I'm reading this um, book. It's called Tara by Rachel Wollstone. And I wrote down, it's so ironic. So vibration causes energy, which causes change, which can change the world around you. So low or high, good vibration, bad bad vibration can cause good or bad high energy and can change for the good or bad, the world around you. So it's so true, like the sound baths and, you know, what you're getting those vibrations from is causing either positive or negative energy and high or low, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I love what she said to me too, by the way, the, the sound bath healer, I wrote in the chat and I said today, actually, I said, you are a beacon of hope and tranquility. And she said, actually, Jessica, you are because you created this energetic. She said, I am just, I'm just here to facilitate, like you said, a vibration, 
it's an energy within yourself but it's like so often we give away our power like you helped me lisa right no i helped myself you're like a facilitator of that and i always tell my clients that it's it's not i'm not going to tell you what to do or how to do that but help you find the answers within yourself and i just don't think we give ourselves enough credit for that right or we give it to the app and the social media oh it's taking all our time but but we're giving it that we're giving it permission every time we log in every time we answer a notification every time we write write an email back we're giving away our, our time and our energy and our vibration to something that may or may not like you said serve us back right it may not be a billable hour right so to speak energetically yeah and i think you're gonna really like this quote too we teach best what we most need to learn. Is that so true? I just, I actually, I wrote it down this morning from the book and then I posted that on my Instagram story this morning and it hit home for me because, you know, we both kind of come from the same mold. I think like I'm, I wrote a book called digital detox secrets because of what I went through being an entrepreneur and being in social media. And I feel like I wrote that because like I needed to teach myself it and then I can teach others it. Right. And I feel like if you're in that type of perfect, you know, if you choose something like that, that you love and you're passionate about, it's just going to come naturally, which obviously you're in that place right now too. Totally. Totally. It comes from a place of compassion, right? Cause you've been through it. And that's something I'm giving you tips on social media because I get sucked in, you know, frequently. Right. So this yeah. is a constant, it's a practice. It's not like I've learned it and I'm a master in how to protect my time and energy and boundaries. It's a daily practice, right? It's just about knowing, I think, where to focus your time and energy that I think makes you feel good versus feels draining or feels right unbillable or doesn't bring you kind of that space of joy. I always say if you're running a business or even if you're not running a business, it should bring you one of two things. It should bring you either success, right? Impact income for your business, or it should bring you joy. And if that particular time on social media or whatever it is you're engaging in doesn't, then don't do that. Right? Give yourself that half hour, hour, two hours back towards something that you love, right? Give that towards your family. Give that towards writing a book. If that's something that you're passionate about, you want to start a podcast, right? People think some of these things take so much time and energy, but it's really all about kind of those micro moments that I think collectively can create something beautiful. And if we just made that intention daily, even in small doses, right? Five minutes, 10 minutes a day, we can create something beautiful over time that we never even thought was possible. I actually keep this, I pull tarot and oracle for clients, but also for myself. And I pulled this last week and this card baby steps. And I keep this as a constant reminder. And it says action, follow your intuition before it makes sense. I love that. I really love that. I think one thing about social too, that, you know, if you're not, if you don't have your own business and you're in a profession, let's say that you're not happy or you're in a relationship that you're not happy or whatever, you know, you're in, in some sort of like very depressed state, you're not happy with where you are in your life. Social can be an escape, which is kind of like a false positive where people are escaping to social because they want to, they don't want to think about like how depressed they are, how miserable they are. And I think that that, I see this a lot, especially with some certain family members of mine really are on social way too much, Facebook specifically, where it's like, okay, if you added up how much time you're on social media 
and just take took that time and like just put it somewhere else where you could like just create space to get some glimmers of joy but like everything is so stacked that every second that they're not doing you know something other than social they're on social either sleeping or social and that's what i see happening which is really sad with with people that are really unhappy is they just turn to social for their source of happiness and that's like what what would you say to people that that do that yeah it's it's an addiction and and mm-hmm. i and i can say that like i said we're here to teach what we've been through and and mm-hmm. i've used social media for that right in moments mm-hmm. of depression it's like let me escape to somebody else's world and let me see mm-hmm. what they're doing right and maybe somehow that'll make me feel better than myself but something I realized is that it always has the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say to someone like that is to realize within yourself, what does that actually bring you reflect back after the fact? Mm-hmm. And ask, did that actually make me feel better? Or did I go on and see Lisa and how much fun she's having in Florida this summer? And it just constantly made me feel like I'm not enough, right? It's, it's this feeling of lack. So it's like, it's almost like a hit. It's like a drug. It's like any other addiction where we think it's going to bring us that source of joy. And maybe it does for five minutes or 10 minutes, but the long-term effects of it is so detrimental, not only for our own mental health and well-being, but it creates this addictive pattern. And that's what I mentioned earlier. My husband opening, right? All the different apps. It's such an addiction. Notice where you go on your phone every time you pick it up. I guarantee you it's the same programs. It's the same places you're clicking. It actually creates, and they've done studies on this, neurological patterns, new patterns in your brain that are so addicted to, right? We do pretty much about 99% of the same things on a daily given basis. We don't expose ourselves to anything new. So that's my other kind of piece of advice is give yourself a new pattern to program in your psyche, right? Find something new, like you said, that brings you joy, that can reprogram, that can bring you more of a sense of, of happiness. So there's a, it's called Daybreaker Dose. It's a membership that I've been a part of the community that I found them actually in the pandemic. And it helped me so much through a lot of depression and anxiety, but they're all different types of either workouts or sound healings or meditations, or even just like dance party workouts. And each one is tailored toward a different neurochemical. So from dose, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And so whenever I feel like I'm kind of in that space where social media, right. is pulling me in again like, no, I need a dose of serotonin, right? Just kind of that love hormone. Like Mm -hmm. I want to feel love, but you know what? Social media is not giving me that love right now. Right. That's, that's again, what, why we're addicted to it. We go on not only to see other people and to escape, but to then share and try to feel love through likes and notifications and DMS, right. Instead of finding that within ourselves. And so that's why I always go back to like a self-love practice, whether it's one of those serotonin workouts whether it's listening to a sound bath meditation. I mean, Insight Timer is completely free. I recommend it to all my clients. I say, just go log in there and type in whatever you're looking for. Sound bath healing, EFT, which is tapping. I had a massive migraine last week. I just typed in migraine. And there was a meditation for migraines where it was like, we're focusing on our pain as a way to kind of relieve it, right? I love that, yeah. Where you focus on it. The problem with pain is we try to move away from it, right? Just like with social media, it's emotional pain. We try to escape, but move towards that pain physically or emotionally. It actually gives it less power. So I think having practices like that, where you can find a different source of escape rather than social media, 
And the more you do that, your brain will say, you know what, Lisa, I, I remember that sound bath. That felt really good versus, oh, the last time I spent a half hour on social media looking at old friends and family, it didn't make me feel so good. So, you know what, I want to feel good today. I'm going to go tap into that sound bath meditation again. And you will reprogram your brain. Yes, it's not an overnight thing, but do the same thing for about 30 days or so continuously and make that a practice. It becomes just as routine as remembering to take a shower, right? Or brushing our teeth. We're actually reprogramming our psyche to new neural patterns that those will become a part of our memory. Maybe we should have a stay off Facebook for 30 days challenge. Oh, I love Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Like I, I, what if we hosted that? I think maybe we should think about that and challenge everybody to stay off Facebook for 30 days or delete it from your phone, you know? And yeah. it, I mean, it's hard for me to hundred percent stay off Facebook because for work, you know, it's part yeah. of, you know, how we promote and how we market. And now that I've changed my business model, I'm using it for my own, you know, business versus my clients. So, but, you know, delete it from your phone. Like it's just, it's so addictive. And maybe that's something we can talk about. We'll host a delete Facebook from your phone for 30 days challenge. And maybe like the winner winners get a certain prize or something like that. If you can actually prove that you did it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I was actually going to, I don't know. Does Facebook have polls? I think Facebook has polls. Like we should take a, I'm going to take a poll. If you can say off your, say off Facebook for 30 days, would you, you know, be interested in a challenge? See what they say. And that's the key is like, you see how you are at the end of the 30 days. Like how does your life change? Right. It gives you a point of reflection. And if you feel like you don't need it, like I actually had one of my students, she got kicked off for more than 30 days. If she couldn't get on the platform for like six months, and she said she felt she never felt so much joy. It was like a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? She's also an entrepreneur. She's like, oh, I can't show up for my clients. I can't host groups. But there was a reason for that. And she just felt such a sense of peace, like that she couldn't get back on for whatever reason. And so you, you supplement that in other ways. Like I said, I've turned more to Instagram. I found more platforms like Insight Timer, Clubhouse, Quilt is another kind of like a clubhouse for for spiritual people. So it's just, there's all different ways. Again, just like I thought I had to work a nine to five or, or more like a nine to nine to make money. But, but once you kind of let that go, your body naturally in your mind finds something to take its place, but you can't do that unless you create the space to do it. Right. And the time. Yeah. I think with Facebook, what happens is that, especially, you know, with the pandemic and certain age demographics that, because they can't leave their house and because, you know, there's no more, like really there's not as many in-person things happening that Facebook is their connection. And I, you know, I, I feel like with what you're saying, people just don't realize that Facebook doesn't have to be the only connection. Like there are, you know, zoom and, you know, all these other ways that you can still connect with the people that are important. It doesn't have to be, you know, however many people are in your friends network on Facebook. It could be, you know, your top 10 people that you miss the most. And then you're doing something every day with one of those people that would be, you know, maybe it's through digital, but it doesn't have to be through Facebook. And then you get like completely sidetracked with the feed. Exactly. Exactly. Or apps like, I don't know if you've seen on Spotify, they have something called green room now, where it's kind of Mm -hmm. similar to clubhouse where you can just tap in anytime and hear all these people just talking on various different subjects and special interests. And you can hop in. It it reminds me of like an old school radio. Like I used to have that big box growing up as a kid and you just tune into your favorite station and you can actually step onto the stage and speak yourself, right? If you feel called or if not, 
just kind of tune in. And I find podcasts to be the same way, especially interview style, yeah. uh, like right now or conversational. I always feel like as I'm listening, like I'm in the room with you, like whoever's listening, like you probably feel like you're in the room with me right yeah. now. And like, that's a form of connection too, that I think we discount that we don't need to necessarily be right on Facebook or Instagram or social media. We can tune into a podcast and we'll actually probably learn something along the way too, which is really what I love most about. I love learning. Like if I could get paid to just study 24 seven and, and be an eternal student, I would. And that's what I love about podcasts is just through natural conversation, through story, you always have something to take away with that time. And that to me feels good, right? Versus being on social media, where probably not going to learn that much in 20, 30 minutes, as much as I would listening to an episode. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about your podcast and then also about your recent launch and all the details. So tell us first about your podcast. Yeah. So my podcast is called Alive with Jessica Silverman. And that's A-L-I-V-E. It's an acronym. So it actually stands for Alignment of Love, Inspiration, Vitality, and Energy. But it also speaks to the word alive. And I always felt connected to that word. Because as I said before, before I even took this journey and this path, right? When I was sitting at my corporate desk, you know, working 12 to 15 hour days, making six figures, I felt completely dead. I felt like, I actually just wrote an email to my audience yesterday about this about how I felt like I was in a glorified prison. It was like, you were paying me to be completely jailed to fund somebody else's dream. And there was just something about that that never sit well with me. So that's what alive is. It's about coming alive again, right? Coming alive through yourself, through your spirit, through kind of that inner journey of taking back that power that already lies within you, but we don't realize how we give that away, typically energetically, right? Our time our energy and our money, right? They're all forms of energy. And I have amazing guests. I started off with kind of some solo episodes. And since then I've run into an interview series and every single guest comes alive through their own story. And that's what's so beautiful. I always end each episode saying, what makes you come alive? And so many of them have said this type of conversation where I can, I can use that throat chakra, right? And I can express what brings me joy. I can tell my story, right? As, as Lisa, you said, like, we're here to teach what we've been through, right? And that's what really the Alive podcast is all about. It's all natural. It's all organic. Um, none of it's scripted. It's just two people in conversation, really talking about what brings them joy and what it is to live. Like, are you truly living? Or are you just kind of going through the motions every day because you think you have to, right? Or because it's a story that you adopted from childhood or from a job or from a relationship that told you this is how it had to be. And that's what Alive is about, is about just debunking all of that and creating your own story and creating your own kind of new chapter in your life of revival uh, of mind, body, and spirit. You sold me. I'm going to subscribe and listen, <laughs> and hopefully everybody else will. We'll definitely put this in the show notes. But you're also launching a program that I am so interested in hearing more about, and I think everybody is. So tell us all the details. Yeah. So it's called Live Vibrant. It is an eight-week immersive experience originally written right when I was in my corporate job and stepping away. What did I do to come alive again? How did I take care of myself? What are the tools and techniques and sort of mindset shifts and the questions that I asked myself to really live a vibrant life, right? Because I could sit here six, seven years later and tell you, yeah, this is amazing. This is what I did, but, but how did I get there? What were those steps that I took? 
And granted, that point in my life was totally different than today. I actually haven't written this program, or sorry, I haven't run this program live in probably five years. It used to be a self-study, but I felt called at this season of my life because the pandemic sort of gave me a slow death again that I felt in my corporate job. And I think so many people are experiencing that. Mental health is, is at an all-time high than ever before because we're trapped in our homes, because we feel like we don't have the freedom necessarily that we had before to kind of live our lives without the constant kind of fear and anxiety, either from the media or from the pandemic. It got a little better. Now it's kind of crazy again. And so I just felt called to lead this in community where we can connect, right? We're all craving that connection, that community. And I think that content that's uplifting, that can kind of teach us, what does it mean to live a vibrant life? And, and who am I truly inside? How can I feel a space of joy in, in, in a world that's, that's joyless, right? How can I still feel that, that sense of calm and peace and tranquility when everything is sort of crumbling around me? And, and from that, be a beacon of light and hope for others. Once they see your, what's possible within you, that it's possible uh, within themselves. And so it's a, it's a complete, it's a beautiful journey, kind of this eight week immersion through all aspects of self, right? Emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually, and emotionally on how to do that, how to live a vibrant life and, and what that means. And how do we truly live in this new world, right? That we're living in. It's, it's not the yeah. same. It sounds like it would be perfect for really anybody. Is there a certain type of person that you think it's ideal for or? No, it's anyone that has an open heart and mind and is seeking for more in their life. I don't like to limit anything and just say, oh, it's only if you're an entrepreneur or if you're right. I love how you said that earlier. Everybody's an entrepreneur of their own life. So anyone who just kind of feels that call for more, like I felt at my desk, or if you're in a relationship where you're just feeling completely disconnected or you don't have any power in that relationship. You know, one of my clients was in an abusive marriage for years. And even though she hasn't been in that marriage for 20 years, there's still a lot of that residual trauma, right? That's going on. So if you're feeling those stories or the residual trauma from others that have been kind of placed on you, that burden, think of this as, as that release. And so if you're feeling called to that, to really work through a lot of those emotions and to have that support that community, um, and be with people who get you, right? I think that's the most important. Yeah. I always felt alone in those instances. And so this is really a space to know that, that you're safe, you're held, you're supported, and you're loved through however you are in the moment. I think a lot of people kind of feel alone in, in a different way than they did before, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally. And I think a lot of people, at least that I talk to, they feel like, they're reevaluating. They're kind of stuck. They're not really sure what to do, but they know they're not happy. Or like you said, there's just a, a part of them. This book that I'm reading that I mentioned, Tara, that I just, the chapter I was reading was so interesting because it talks about how the author was put in charge of this group of adults that had been abused as a child. And they were part of this group that they were afraid to also keep the pattern going and be abusers to their children mm -hmm. and like that trauma, like, but, but also to have that type of awareness of like, okay, like I went through this as a child and okay. Like, you know, statistics show that like, if you've been abused, you 
are have a higher chance of abusing. And I just feel like that's such an interesting, you know, just like somebody that can have that awareness to join something like that. So I feel like what you're offering, you know, somebody could be suffering in a way that is, you know, maybe it's just from their past that they're not really sure they just need strength, support, right? And, you know, I just feel like there's so many people that could benefit from doing a program like this. Yes, yes. I'm actually reading a really interesting book now. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Silva Mind Control Method. It was actually written. It's a really old school book. It's a tiny little manual. It was written in like the early 70s mm-hmm. before a lot of this really became popularized. And it's a whole technique, a very simple technique on how you can control your mind, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of us, again, give away our power to different thoughts and stories and past traumas. And this is how through some simple, just mind control techniques, you can be the driver, right? And kind of the captain of your own mind. And that's why I think a lot of people that go through that suffering, it's, it's self-imposed in a way, right? We don't mean to do that to ourselves, but we self-sabotage. And it's kind of like in our DNA that we have to just kind of like shed the layers to find out like where that layer is to get it out and, yes. and some a new layer on top of it that's more positive. Yes, yes you're kind of in that season where you need that hope, you need that support, you need that love emotionally, physically, and, and spiritually. This is what Live Vibrant's all about. And I have to tell you, this is just my guess. The outcome of this would also be just helping somebody maybe come uncover creativity and uncover ideas yes. that are kind of suffocated and, and suppressed that they don't know is inside and, you know, just kind of like opening up, even like listening that, you know, you can just be like kind of passively listening to some things or reading or whatever your direction is that that will spur creativity. And I think, you know, even if you get that much out of it, you know, who you can't put a price on creativity, right? You can't, I mean, creativity to me leads to purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And purpose is everything. I mean, that's what life is about, right? It's not about making money and it's not really about, you know, the car you drive. It's about the experience, right? And that's what creativity is. It's experiencing life, right? In, yeah. in, in a physical form and then sharing that with someone. That's how I always use the example of a painting. I'm not a painter, but you and I can look at a painting and interpret it completely different and see two completely different stories and that's the beauty of it is I see it through my life and my eyes and you see it through your life and your eyes. And so that's exactly what it's about. It's about cultivating creativity. It's about connection, right? Deeper connection to yourself and better relationships and, and really just having the permission, giving yourself the permission. I think as women, we don't often do that to say yes to ourselves. We're always giving our way, our attention and power to everybody else. And this is an opportunity to really take that back. I love that. So we'll put all the details in the show notes, but just um, for everybody listening, where can they, what's the website? Where can they best find out about what you're offering and follow you on social? Sure. So the website is bit.oi backslash live vibrant life. I'm on Instagram uh, at Mozen, M-O-Z-E-N underscore wellness. And I'm also on Facebook. You can find me just under my name, Jessica Schiller Silverman. Uh, And I have a Facebook group there called Alive, same as my podcast, Alive with Jessica Silverman. Okay. Awesome. Well, Jessica, this has been very inspiring. Thank you for sharing all your goodness and we will definitely follow you and also take all of your tips and advice and not be on social too much. Oh, and I hope to see you at podcast or a podcast at Podfest. I don't know if you're going in person, but maybe we'll meet in real life, either at Podfest or in Boca or one of these days when things get better. I'd love that. Absolutely. Okay. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.